0: Welcome to Rocksteady, an Express Newark Podcast. And now our host, Dr. Fran Barkowski.
1: Welcome to Rocksteady at Express Newark, at Rutgers Newark. I'm talking this morning with Victor Dovson. Victor Dovson, together with Ann Englaw, came on as inaugural co-directors of Express Newark. This place from which we bring you these thoughts, these guests, these conversations. And Victor, you have to know, sort of exemplifies in his person, in his practice, in his career, what Express Newark has been about and the kind of people I have had the pleasure of interviewing because Victor is an artist himself, primarily a painter, Um, Victor has been a gallerist. He opened Algira, the first large contemporary art gallery in Newark, which was alive and well and a happening place for some 30 years. Um, And he's also an arts administrator and a great supporter of the arts in Newark. Mm -hmm. So Victor and I came to work together very closely um, in the year before um, before the pandemic. So I had known Victor for many, if not all my years in Newark in many capacities. And who knew that in his last uh, six months to a year, our paths would cross and we would co-direct this amazing entity that you've all been hearing about if you have been listening to Rocksteady and you'll hear more about today. But let me bring Victor into the conversation. I'm so happy to be hearing his voice um because we haven't been together in some months. And Victor, good morning, good morning, good morning.
0: Good morning, friend. It's been nine months. Uh, well, not exactly. We 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 did see each other, I think, after March. I think yeah.
1: we um, had a couple of times where we could Walk right. and talk and even yes. drink wine in the backyard before. Yes, we yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: that, that was lovely. Um so here we are.
1: Yeah, in this present. And as I said to everyone listening, you are an artist. And that is the present you've been occupying in ways that those of us who follow you on social media have some clue about. But um You know, one of the things, just as Victor was transitioning from directing Express Newark to going back to his art practice, he received one of the pandemic era catalyst grants from the mayor's office to pursue his contemporary project. So please, Victor, start to tell us about this epic project you've been working on in the present. It
0: was called the Creative Catalyst. Um, uh, creative catalyst grant. I right. Think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think it was. I think it was called grant. I'm not quite sure of the title, but creative catalyst. And one of the sweetest things about the creative catalyst um, uh, grant was that um, that uh, the person who administered it was uh, Fayemi Shakur. And she was our
1: second guest on the podcast. Fayemi right, was
0: right, mm-hmm. and Faemi started out. Uh, very early um, on, working with me at Al Jara, and did our social media work. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's ascended into this position of director of cultural affairs for the city yeah. is uh, yeah. is, very, is very special, and, and and I wish her all the best. And I've known her for for some time. And but we're here
1: to talk about you, Victor.
0: <laughs> yes, and yes. what that what that grant enabled for you? Well, what um, the what that grant did was it it, it was a it was a it was a sort of a modest grant, but it was it was a good grant because it supported a new body of work that I had been um, doing for twenty since twenty nineteen and between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. Um, I made over, uh, 240 small paintings that were, uh, assembled as larger, as eight larger pieces and it is entitled the misogyny, um, papers apology and, um, the, the misogyny paper, the title is particularly, um. Um, meaningful to me because when I moved to West Orange um, uh, Cicely and I discovered a catch of uh, this is a huge obsessive body of work that was hidden under the floorboards of um, the cottage next door which which we used as our studio Um, this was somebody who really took went to great pains to objectify women, mostly from um, photographs, through photographs from the 50s, um, and from magazines and, and newspapers mm. and, and, you know. Um, and all of, all of these, and he became very skilled at creating this kind of narrative of, of oppression and bondage. And, and these things were extremely, extremely abusive. In terms of how it, it 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 presented, how he altered these images and 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 presented women, and uh, the first impulse was uh, to throw them out. To, and then, and then and then and also you use text and the, the text. I mean, a lot of derogatory derogatory things about women. And um, um, I was reluctant to throw them out. That and uh, I kept them for maybe, oh, I would have to say maybe 10 years and didn't know what I'd do with them. But I thought they were curious. Uh. Yeah. And then um, I decided that they should form the basis of this body of work that I'm doing. But I needed to super, superimpose. I need to find a way um, to respond. And so what I did was I started by making these collages supported on on um, these wooden surfaces. And then on top of them, I would impose um, quotations by women, um, I guess one would call them nasty women, but these mm-hmm. were women who were successful, assertive, um, confident in their in their femininity and and who are are at times activists. Um, And the work evolved. Uh, It it evolved into this incredible body of work. The most recent imagery um, has an image, a prominent central image of Harriet Tubman. Mm. And uh, there's one piece that I call Harriet Seeing Red. Oh. And so, you know, Mm. um, but it, what it did was it opened up a conversation between me and this material, between this material and me Mm. about about what is misogyny. And Mm. I started to look, I started to read about misogyny, you know, I, um, and what it meant and that misogyny was not just located in, in, in the person of, you know, individuals who didn't like women or hated women, Mm. but it was systemic. Uh, Yes. yes. When we we think of Ruth Ginsburg's story at Rutgers, when she Mm -hmm. started out, Mm -hmm. and um, she was being paid less than the men, her Mm -hmm. colleagues. And I think she inquired, like, why was that? You know, and uh, the the, the general thinking, the norm, more or less, well, you know, you have a husband.
1: Right.
0: So, but it, 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 it somehow overlooked the fact that you did the same work as your male colleagues.
1: So let me ask you a question, if I could, about sure. your, your project, the misogyny papers, and that cache of material you found under the floorboards. Yeah. W- did that function in a way so as to make you want to think about things, or did you actually repurpose any of those materials into your collages and artwork.
0: Yes, they became part of, they became part of my artwork, and it was a way of responding right. to, to that narrative. Hence and, the apology and part of the title. Exactly, the apology right. part. Right, and, right. And, and the apology part comes from reading, uh, I think it was Kate Ens, um, Ensler. Eve Ensler. Uh, Ensler. Even Eve Ensler's book, right, apology, which was really a book about her dad. Her, yes. I think she, she was abused by her dad. Yes, yes, Eve Ensler's okay. book was the book was, she was abused by her dad, and and he never apologized. Nice. Now, this is a man who was her mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. Um, came to her, mm-hmm. came to her room every night when she was a yeah. child. She wrote the book imagining this would be the kind of apology that that she would receive from, right. from a father who had transgressed in this way. Mm-hmm. And so so the combination of the papers and apology is, you know, is the narrative that sort of conjoined. Well, you know, yeah.
1: It's your intervention into, uh, an, you know, the place of, shall we say, systemic sexism, structural sexism, right? I mean, misogyny. Yeah. Um, So to go from, as I have in these conversations, to go from the present to the past, let me ask you this, because we will get to the future, I hope. Um, So how would you distinguish the very nature of the work you just described to us from the kind of art you were making early in your career and at, back as far as you wish to go, because you've had a long career and storied.
0: Well, well, let me first say that the reason this work is relevant, clearly I'm not a woman, um, but, but there are women, um who have impacted, beginning with my mom, who oh. was who was uh, who was a feminist before there was the feminist movement, as mm-hmm. far as I can consider, Um, that this that this work profoundly this these these things that I found affected me in a way that that wanted that required a response. And somewhere I've written um mm. that that the same Voice, that same narrative that that oppresses women is the is the voice of the oppressor that oppresses me as a black man. That, that, uh-huh. That, that, uh-huh. That, that, that you know, coming up in a patriarchal a patriarchal um uh, society, it's the same mm-hmm. same oppressor. So there was this connection. there was this sort Inter- of, intersectionality. there you go. And what so, we call it in the trade, <laughs> right? So, the so, feminist so, trade, the, right? The so, critical so that, race theory. So, so, this, means, so yeah. right. So, 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 I had to, mm-hmm. I, I had to do something about this. Mm. Now, I, uh, as far as my work, well, well, that that's the connection. The connection had to do with activism, I guess, in my work. Mm. Mm-hmm. But my work has been. um so complex. I mean, to begin with, for instance, I was trained as a, um, a representational artist, mm-hmm. um, in the tradition of, uh, of Sir William Stream, which is Will- William Stream was a, was a British painter that, you know, was steeped in, you know, drawing, Painting what was in front of you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know in fact, I think at one point Coolstream says, um, you know if it's not in front of me i can't I can't paint it I can't imagine it and so um I graduated from um, high school and i re- I was one of two of the sort of art stars um that were steeped in this method and it, it, but, but and you were I, in high school where? Just I was. A, I was in high school in Georgetown, Guyana. Guyana. I just wanted people to yeah. know. Yes, that. that's that's. And the I context. wanted
1: to be sure because where we go to high school is so determinative of so many things.
0: Well, yeah. well my, my art teacher was was an expatriate, of English, a British uh-huh. expatriate, and, uh-huh. and you know, um, and he was also steeped in this methodology, this approach to mm. making art, and um, and I. I had this yearning to um I had this yearning to learn more and I wasn't allowed to about abstraction. Mm-hmm. I was I was drawn to abstraction, but mm. it was but it was dismissed. Yes. And, and as not credible, as not, you know. But I kept and, and in fact to that was the lure that got me in some cases to New York because I wanted to see these. Mm-hmm. Heroic paintings by, you know, um, Jackson Pollock and mm-hmm. and these paintings by people like Rothko and mm-hmm. and, and you know, you name them and de Kooning and mm-hmm. so I was drawn to these, you know, um, and those paintings were not necessarily trying to create a narrative through illusion. Those were paintings that created a narrative that was raw. That was about the material that they were made from. Mm. They were they were full of surface, you know, and um, somehow this was a different way of approaching the object, making a work of art. Mm. So, so my entire uh, practice goes swings back and forth between mm-hmm. these two mm-hmm. sort of these two sort of. Um, aesthetics, if you will. So, Mm -hmm. so, so I respond to, um, to making an object um, depending on what I feel would be the best, um, the best approach. I mean, you know, so I haven't abandoned completely uh, either of them. Um, I haven't abandoned representation. Sometimes I think the subject matter, if, if it's not, if the subject matter is not the material that I'm working with, I think it requires a a treatment that is representation that would be my default kind of mm, mm-hmm. way of yeah going at it. I find I find that very sometimes confusing and very complicated to navigate and um and so um you know one approach is good for some things and another approach is not. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. but I you know but I but I make work I make work almost routinely all the time um, whether it's tiny things that are making like postcards or larger things like this mm. summer, I made this incredible portrait, uh, sorry, uh, incredible, I'm not a landscape painter, but I made this incredible, I made a series of landscapes and one of them was, uh, 25 feet long and eight feet high. Really? Well, where look- did you,
1: where did you get to to work in that, at that scale?
0: my driveway i put oh my I, goodness <laughs> i laid i laid down the canvas on my driveway and all my neighbors kept passing by and and you know people would stop and and the thing about it the thing that inspired it um was was it a
1: stretched canvas on frame? no no you no, were no painting on canvas in the driveway
0: on stretch canvas in, in the, the driveway, the driveway.
1: I wish I'd known I would have taken a ride by to see this. Well, I was trying
0: to, I was trying to keep most people would slow down. Our people would see me, my neighbors would see me in the street. Hey, I saw that thing, you know, um, and they would ask me questions about it.
1: And this was a landscape you found yourself doing.
0: It was a landscape and, and, and actually it was inspired by being at home it was yes. spa- and it, it was a it was a you know it was a, an incredible year for Cicely's garden she's got a green tomb and there's nothing except painting i mean she's a wonderful painter but ex- uh, the next thing that, that 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 she's absolutely um uh she absolutely loves to do is the garden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so uh, so we had a year of, I mean, there's an incredible herb herb garden that she sort of, um, um, she planted. And then we have, I mean, things were blooming and we live in a house, you know, we live in a cottage. Mm -hmm. the cottage is, you know, the cottage was, I I think it was built in 1931. Mm -hmm. And all around us, there, there are windows. Mm, mm. And, and here so,
1: you are two painters that might you know let me just say to people listening Victor has twice mentioned Sicily, and I I feel like it's important to say Cicely Cottingham is his wife an artist a f- wonderful artist in her own right who I got to meet when she also worked at Algiers but anyway so there you are geez. a landscape on canvas in the driveway while she's painting and gardening this is it uh, that's
0: right what a scene! So, to so it's beautiful. Well, you know, I, I, as I said at the opening of this, you know, that there was. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for this change in my life at this point because mm. it afforded me um, quiet. Mm-hmm. It, it afforded me intimacy, silence, reflection. You know, and precious time in the time studio. In studio. Yeah. That, 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 the, 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 the kind of hectic pace of, of Express Newark and getting it built and getting it opened up on the 17th of January, 2017, and then keeping it going and, and sort of, you know, to use the metaphor Anne and I were accustomed to using when we made presentations, building it while flying it, building the plane while, I mean, that's how it felt. Yes. And everyone,
1: everyone can quote you on that front, you know? Um, and everybody who was watching, who came to watch, who eventually watched, saw exactly what that looked like. And it was a magnificent kind of popery mosaic, sca- yeah. you know, diaspora of the kinds of things that happened, that were envisioned to happen, and that will continue to happen. So, yes, let's kind of take the Express Newark turn here, as you've had time to sort of build that plane while flying it. And now you've had this beautiful, quiet time for time in the studio. Give us a sense of the future of you and your studio and what you hope to come back to Halsey and Broad Street and see in some Express Newark 2.0, as some are referring to it. Just you know, a dream from all
0: the dreams you saw. Well, I think you know. You look as a founder, mm-hmm. you you. There's an impulse that you have, the founding impulse that you think that there's something that that are you perceive a societal need, and you respond to it by starting a program, and you. And, and then the program needs some legs to stand on. Mm -hmm. You need resources and you need systems Mm -hmm. and you need governance and you need admin, you know, and you need, you know, personnel. And so you get it. Those things juice me. I get excited about Mm -hmm. thinking of Mm -hmm. the, the institutional framework and how you kind of build it. So it was, you know, Anne's background in architecture, mine in institutional development. I don't know how many programs and courses and workshops I've done with the Getty Institute and with, you know. Um, so that was a lot of fun, although it was demanding, mm-hmm. and I inv- and I invested in it. So there was a there was a little bit of a walking away from it. In the middle of March mm. was 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 uh, there was this incredible pull, and well, but, right. but
1: in the middle of March when everybody
0: was forced to walk away from right. everything, it was right, was, right, yeah, right. such a right. But I but but I was I was amazed that I was able to pivot to my studio and dive, you know, invest that energy mm-hmm. into into my practice as an artist and that is extremely that was i I mean that transition was extremely successful um and it and has driven me since mid-march of last year um i not only generated a new body of work but cicely and i did worked on two projects um one was called it was 16 works we did these were small works um Small meaning that they were um, probably ten um, ten by eight. We did sixteen and it was called the book of um, uh, the book of hours. Backslash oh. hours. Oh nice. And, uh, yes. Wow. And, 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 and hours and, uh, with Ours
1: with an H first, and then and Ours
0: with a, a O-U-R-S. O-R-S. Nice,
1: nice. And you know, Cicely, uh-huh. in this
0: in this house, there are books everywhere. Mm-hmm. Cicely, Cicely is a a reader, so we've got painting and gardening and reading. In fact, we we read to each other on Sunday, every Sunday. You do. You Just read
1: aloud to each other?
0: Aloud to each other. Oh,
1: I love that. I love that. And that's, we're... Uh, I, that's,
0: that's so beautiful and brilliant. And we are in the middle of a novel. We're reading a novel right now. And the novel... Tell us which novel. It's called The Overstory by Richard Powers.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, that is such a gorgeous book. And gorgeous I li- book. He is, I listened to that book. Brilliant. 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 I listened to that
0: book. Well, we're reading. So you're
1: reading it to each other. Right?
0: Yes, we're oh. reading it to each other. Wow! And we are, and this book is 502 pages. Yes, it is. <laughs> and we are on page 205, almost halfway there. Nice. Almost halfway there. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's, it's, it's an amazing experience. I mean, just. Um, reading this book together, but get back to, get back yeah, to okay, Book so of Hours.
1: One of the things,
0: okay, Book of Hours, I want to yeah. hear
1: more about that. And I want to be sure we have time to hear a bit about the documentary because that actually will stitch together the past, the present, and the future. But the Book of Hours,
0: a bit Well, well, there. well, the Book of Hours, the, the Book of ours. the exhibition that we, that we did, that was actually, um, we actually had it, uh, this fall there was an exhibition at SUNY Genesio, oh, Geneseo. Oh, a,
1: re- a real exhibition, not yeah. We, shipped, we shipped,
0: yeah, we shipped the work. We didn't, wow. we didn't go. So didn't go but no, we didn't go to to the opening or anything. But we could see the show online. Wow. And wow. Uh, students who wanted to go see the show at the university could go see the show. And the, I mean, it was it was an idea that came out of Cicely's head because she had received a gift from a friend of mine who was a poet in England. And um, it was a book of ours by Thomas Merton. Thomas yes. Merton. Yes, yes. And so we decided, mm. we, we, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really like a meditation. Yeah. You know, I mean, it all fits in <laughs> seamlessly with what we did after we had this time on our hands.
1: And didn't I know from even before we had all this time on our hands that you and Cicely had a kind of active meditative practice as part of your days, your
0: hours? Well that's so funny. That that's that's so funny because the way I met Cicely was through her landscapes, her big oversized charcoal landscapes.
1: Yeah.
0: Here I was in the eighties, making these large drawings. And at the time I thought that was all I would do in my entire career. I was making these large drawings um, which were on heavy, heavy paper Mm -hmm. and these abstractions. and, and, um, um, And it was black on black on black. It was charcoal, and then oh my goodness! I, okay, <laughs> I started. Well, you know, there's a there, there's one yeah. that is this one is that's an, in an exhibition right now at the Newark Museum. Museum. Mm. It's called the it, it, Sonic Ge- uh, Sonic Geometries. Is done with uh, Wolfgang Gale. G- Wolfgang Gale is a sound oh, yes. artist, and yes. he he selected. Mm. I mean, it's a really good company. It's been, it's a part of the collection of the Newark Museum, but but. Um,
1: is it visible uh, on their website in some
0: virtual tour? Do you know? It might be. It uh, might I'll be. I'll go look it, for yes. it. That's interesting. Yes. Wolfgang Yeah,
1: Right. I remember that was coming. Yes, yes
0: mm-hmm. was coming. And we could never open it up because of COVID. But anyway, um, um, I kept seeing these large charcoal drawings. But, and, and, I, and she kept seeing my work. Mm-hmm. I said, who is this? <laughs> Who's this?
1: Okay. Yeah. Who is this?
0: <laughs> so we eventually sort of met and then, you know, we were kind of involved with other people, but we kind of, she was in the first show at Algaira because of her work. Um, you know, Algira, Algira is this funny, it was this funny animal You know, people wanted to make it this or that, but it was Mm -hmm. cosmopolitan. It wasn't Mm -hmm. black or white, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was interested in, it was always supportive of women. It was supportive of diversity. You know, it was about community. And it was also about, it had this international side too, but anyway, um, so yes. so, So the subject is the subject is, yes, there was the kind of, um, we connection that we made, and yes, we were. We did. Mm. I kept, she was the one that had this spiritual practice, and and in fact, um, we got married with, with you know by a Buddhist priest, mm. Mm. you mm. know, mm-hmm. that's how we got married. Uh, you mm. know, this is a this, so, 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 look, so that's that's kind of woven well, into everything.
1: So, and Al has come up as a point of reference in this conversation and i know that um you have been working on a documentary about it so can you give us a kind of you said some mm-hmm. some progress has happened there so bring us just up to speed on what we will be seeing in film festivals here or there or somewhere
0: when this well, is it's done. it's it's been a it's been a long slog because um, Chuck Schultz, who's a documentary filmmaker, uh, the last thing he did was called "The Last Crop." Um, um, Chuck Schultz had been following me around for seven years, and so there's about eighty hours of footage. Mm-hmm. I mean, he followed me all over the place, all over the world. You know, he followed me to England. He met up. He he tracked down my my high school friends and my you know. Mm-hmm. And so there were 80 hours of footage. And then um, one, one of the things that really happened was that Chuck's wife, Sharon Washington, an African-American actor who's just recently had uh, tremendous success with a one-person play. Mm-hmm. He st- his attention sort of shifted to working on a project with her. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take on continuing with this, 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 um, this enterprise, um, um, and, and so that this, the, all, all this footage wouldn't just sit there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we got Matt Williams involved, who's a, who's, um, who's Newark, a, filmmaker. A, mm-hmm. Newark filmmaker, and mm-hmm. he started an organization mm-hmm. called up. Newark and Matt tried to. We asked him to help us organize the footage. I asked him to do that. Mm-hmm. I sort of engaged him and asked him to organize the footage, and to see if we can get a trailer out of it that could uh-huh. be used as a fundraising tool. Mm-hmm. And so um, um, uh, that's how that's how the the um, the, the trailer started. And mm-hmm. so he needed to do some. Um additional shooting i mean he he talked to people um like Fayemi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he talked to people you know uh like yvonne Yvonne Davis from a Pharaoh gallery.
1: gallery of mm-hmm.
0: yeah he talked to people um like the founder of the uh, Newark international film festival mm-hmm. and 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 put together this trailer, which is about seven minutes oh uh-huh and the and the, the the title of the the documentary essentially um, came out of something that Amiri Baraka um, asked me when I was planning to build Al Jara on Broad Street in, uh-huh. in 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 1999. I told him about this idea that you know we were gonna you know we were trying to raise 3.5 million dollars to build out this space, and and he said to me something that shocked me and that, that he said, are they going to let you do that? And you know, that, that was a, that was a powerful question. Mm. Uh, It was
1: the title. That's the that's
0: the title of the documentary. Are they going going
1: going to let you you do 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 that. that? Wow. Tell me where that sentence landed then and where it is for you now having Traveled with that piece in your mind?
0: I was stunned because Amiri Baraka, I had in my youth, even before I got to, in 1973, I got to New York, I'd read Blues People. I read Blues People. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wrote that book, he was 25 years old. It's still a mm-hmm. classic. This was somebody who I was beginning to know intimately in Newark. Right. And I was like stunned that he would ask me. I didn't know what he was talking about. But then of course as an immigrant mm-hmm. I didn't have the the baggage or the history mm-hmm. of of race going in the
1: same up. way. In the same in the way. same way as
0: African Americans right the right same right. That, Afri- yep. So I had no sense of like uh-huh. you know w- you know I came out of this British colonial system and what was well, I think what was the most defining uh thing about that was class mm-hmm. and 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 um there was race, right. it, but I had to learn how to be in some ways to navigate race in America, which is yes. different from mm-hmm. you know being in a colonial setting right um right, right. Uh, race right. trump class mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I got myself that's not a story, but I got myself into some yeah. trouble with that, not understanding <laughs> that you know, um, what it is like. So, 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 so that question, are they going to let you do that? Yeah. 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 So, you know, and here I was, I had $500,000 from, from a credential foundation to kick off my campaign, you know, um, (laughs) but you know, so are you, so, so now, Mm -hmm. now I think, Almost forty years later, I have a better understanding of what this is about. Mm-hmm. That how how the kind of um, assumptions or the th- kind of things that I took for granted, I you know I think I've lived in America long enough, particularly mm-hmm. in the present moment. Mm to Mm -hmm. see, to see a kind of dark on the belly. Oh yes. Oh yes. That, 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 that I, I, I don't think that I could have imagined Mm. um, prior to now.
1: It's so interesting bringing Amiri Baraka and a sentence of his in here now, not just in our conversation, but in terms of the past of Newark and the present of Newark and his son, Rasbaraka Baraka, mayor, now supporting the arts and saying, you know, if you will, a kind of, um, please come do these things here, right? In terms of, are they, are they going to let you, if I'm sort of hearing with you, to you being on the receiving end 40 years later of this creative <laughs> catalyst grant from his son, who of course grew up in the arts, in the heart of Newark, and is himself an artist, um, you know, saying to you and others, go, please, make, do, bring these things here. So,
0: so I want to say that the documentary, Are They Gonna Let You Do That? doesn't stand alone. mm mm-hmm. um, as we imagine it, Cicely and I imagine it, is the first research project of the Algeria archive.
1: Brilliant. So Victor, I think this is kind of a beautiful moment to to conclude, to thank you, to express how great it's been to have this conversation with you, unlike, uh, very unlike, and yet in, part of the tapestry
0: of our conversations over the years. It doesn't beat dancing with you at Rhythm Review.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Yeah, okay. So so all right. Well, that was yes. That is also such a rich Newark moment because Yes, we danced at Symphony Hall at Rhythm Review and it was the night, no- you and Cicely and I, and it was the night that Whitney Houston died.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's part, you know, that's part of the, the intense beauty of why that moment has stayed with all of us. Yeah. But yes, I, you know, I am hoping that when there is the next grand opening of Express Newark, the 2.0 that will have been after all the publics are gone. I want there to be dancing all over that space. Don't you, won't we be there for that?
0: I I would love to be there for that. I would also um, say that this opportunity, the opportunity to be the uh, inaugural co-director of Express Newark and I'm thankful to Nancy and all those who I work with, uh, also our resident genius child, um, Eric. I call him a child because I'm much older than him. And I can <laughs> And he, yeah, I've never seen anybody as hardworking and as innovative as Eric Johnson when it came to media communication um, and making us lie.
1: Thank you. And Eric Johnson, everybody hears his voice anytime they listen to this podcast. He is our audio wizard, guru, engineer. I could not have done this at all in any way,
0: shape, or form. Well, so, I'm glad we, we got yes. you on record. Uh, we got you on record, friend. I'm yes. glad you said that. So okay. you got your take Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I right. guess, so I guess. All well, right. thank you, Victor. Well, thank you. Lovely. Thank lovely. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, see, you, see you on the other side.
1: This has been Rock Steady at Express Newark at Rutgers University, Newark.
0: Rock Steady is hosted by Dr. Fran Bartowski. Our engineer is Eric Johnson, and our marketing and promotion is done by Dana Demiani. Our theme music is Rock Steady, recorded by Aretha Franklin, and our outro is an original rendition by violinist Dr. Melanie Hill, a Rutgers Nork professor. This podcast is a project of Express Nork, a Rutgers Nork University community collaboratory. <laughs>